The Hurling Pod on OTB Sports. I look at the way Kikini celebrated. I look at the way Limerick celebrated Munster, right? To, to go, we actually want to win the next one. You know, or the treatment is just another game, a little stepping stone. That's a, that's a question I have. Subscribe to the GA Podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. The News Round on Off the Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. Now then, welcome along. Monday evening here in Off the Bull. So we are nipping our way very quickly through June. The All Ireland Hurling Championship has more than taken shape. We have our semi final lineup. Tommy Welch is going to join us after eight o'clock to discuss the weekend that was and to look ahead. Before that, half past seven, Gary Murphy on what was genuinely an extraordinary finale to the US Open at Brookline. Matt Fitzpatrick has made his major breakthrough in some style. He pipped Will Zalatoris at the death. On Monday Night Rugby, we're down in Cape Town. Craig Ray with the South African perspective on the UR season that season uh, URC season that was excuse me Stormers beat the Bulls on Saturday and they were in financial ruin at the start of the season so quite the story there and we'll have the 2020 Hurler of the Year Garoche Hegarty with us as well 53106 the text number we're at off the ball on Twitter Mick McCarthy here in studio hello do you know what I like about that intro, Joe? Go on. Lots of hurling. A lot of hurling. Lot Lots of, hurling. of hurling. Well, make enjoy it because it's gone in about three weeks. <laughs> it is. See you in January then. Yeah. Well, the county championship anyway. But yeah, it's uh, not not two two more hurling weekends left in the inter county season. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So the second and third of July, and then the final on the seventeenth. Yeah. And then you're out. Do you know what I'm getting a lot of? You know, there you get like Facebook memories and all back for when you used Facebook like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And I get them, and it's all like me going to like first rounds of the championship and stuff like that. Summer's here. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, hold on. I just watched an All Ireland quarter final at the weekend. Yeah. Uh, it does. It still feels weird. That's like, without getting into the rights and wrongs of it, we can all agree at least it's odd. No, we can't agree on anything. <laughs> Richie McCormick, hello. Hello, Joseph. How are you? I'm Michael. Very well. 53106, the text number. We're at off the ball on Twitter. No, it's very weird. It is very strange. So um, we'll chat to Tommy Welch after eight and then Groach Hegarty after nine. No football show for the next couple of weeks, but we are very much staying on till 10 o'clock. So it won't necessarily be football between nine and 10. And Groach Hegarty is coming your way after nine. So, uh, yeah, well, that's the hurling well covered this evening. Even you, Mick, even you were uh, taken with the golf over the weekend. I was. I'm, is is that a suggestion that I'm not a? Sorry, do you know why I did that? Yeah, because I was looking at Richie's head there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> even Richie yeah, w- would have been uh, phenomenal and and definitely noteworthy. But uh, no, I'll always watch a major. But I was very taken with it in the quality of it. Me and you talked a lot over the like just in g- general conversations all summer really about how. It's not talked about enough how difficult it is to keep your composure and keep the ball basically on the fairway in the last round of a major, that that pressure is on for such an extended period of time in a game that needs such precision that it's almost we almost laugh at the fact that all these guys bottle it, but it's for a very, very good reason. Mm. And if you look at Zalatoris, Fitzpatrick, to a lesser extent Scheffler because he just won the Masters and probably had a little bit less pressure on him, but those are two in the last group just kept coming at each other you know and such a tough course where you've seen so many fall away you always know a tough course when somebody looks like they've had a decent week and then they get to the weekend and they end up 18 over you know like they've had like two 77s in a row or something like that because they just can't keep up the concentration and the two boys were knocking around for fun for the last they got better as the round went on it was an exceptional quality of golf absolutely exceptional as good as it gets yeah 
this new breed are incredible. Fitzpatrick's been around a while now, but Salatoris is new on the scene and he is just a major machine. He's basically been second in three of the four majors. Mm. And he, you know, he's almost got the weirdest uh, Grand Slam. The Louis Westay is in Grand Slam of yeah. uh, second place in all Bit the majors. Westwoody as well. Yeah. But he did nothing wrong. I mean, he was very unlucky in 15, where ironically, in hitting it less wayward than Fitzpatrick, he had a worse lie mm. in the thick rough. And Fitzpatrick made a crucial birdie there. And Salatoris bounced back with birdie and was millimetre short of another birdie on 17 and gave himself another birdie chance on 18. You can't do any better than that, really. That's just golf at a certain point. Sometimes it trickles into the hole, sometimes it doesn't. Fitzpatrick hit a... It was being described initially as a miracle shot on 18 out of the bunker. It was a very good shot. Mm. It was more because of the pressure that was on the line as opposed to the technical requirements of it. But there was a, a fair bit of pressure on the line and he nailed his shot from a bunker, a tricky enough shot, and made his par and uh, won his first major. But you, you look at the two of them and even Scotty Scheffler and you say, God, all of you just emerge with loads of credit here. Yeah. And you look at even down the field, like Rory felt like he'd had everything this week and was holding it together so brilliantly mm. on Friday and Saturday that you thought maybe he could do it on the Sunday and yeah. was kind of unlucky, like played well and left a few shots behind him and wasn't that far off in the end. But like he had too many wobbles when yeah. the other guys weren't having them. There was a point where I was like, could Rory get in a three under with Matsuyama here? And those guys could fall back. They have yeah. seven or eight holes to play. They're only at five under. It's not beyond the realms and it just as you went on you're like oh they're not blowing it they're just not going to do it Rory with a 67 on Thursday arrived with his Canadian Open game yeah it was like oh ball striking is good here he's got a great chance and the putting was good and then on Friday things could have went very badly for him he didn't have his A game but he kept it together and on the Saturday when he shot a 73 it was almost an amazing 73 because he didn't have his A game either and then last night he didn't have his A game and still sort of kept it together. But at a certain point, it stopped being impressive that he was keeping it together without his A game. <laughs> and you were like, hang on, he hasn't had his A game for three of the four days. That's not quite good enough either. Yeah. You still, I suppose what I, I mean is like when you're kind of checking in and out, he was still hitting the magical shots here and there. Mm-hmm. And maybe a lot of them, too many were to save par but yeah what did you think of Rory kind of almost like uh, being one of the one of the Matt Fitzpatrick huggers at the end yeah. and just giving him the, the really nice really nice moment I thought you know he was the only person I could hear yeah. which I found th- there's a cynic in me that found that a little bit suspicious you know <laughs> guys I'm going in put it up put up the mics put up the mics here don't mind his brothers and his and, and, and his mates like you know but make sure you get what Rory says but I just thought it was actually a lovely moment and lovely. it was full of class like. full of class yeah. yeah ironically the TV coverage on the Saturday was disgrace. I heard I didn't see much oh. of it on Saturday night actually you're saying the mic's been up for Rory for a lot of Saturday just it was mute with a lot of the shots they seemed to not be able to put up a fader it was genuinely yeah. a low point it might it might be a line in the sand for golfing broadcasting it was that abysmal like even Mike Guan the USGA president or CEO or whatever his title is has come out and said yeah no we're looking into it because it was shocking NBC basically are the host broadcaster seemed to sell a lot of ads so Sky Sports were scrambling for any scraps they could get and then just showing a lot of pictures of Boston. Right. They waited for NBC okay. to come back from ads, so it was uh, truly abysmal. Richie McCormack, what caught your eye over the weekend, sporting-wise? Um, <clears throat> apart from Bowes, Tema Bowes beating Shells is pretty good on Friday, Joe, I have to admit. Yeah, uh, yeah it's brilliant. Um, I don't know, the Talton Cup kind of... 
it, it, it raised its head and now is going to be forced back under again as we mentioned last week like it being the first part of a double header with an All-Ireland semi-final I don't think it does it any justice there was kind of an opportunity I guess for it to ride on this wave of interest that it was given by having pretty much Sunday to itself uh, aside from the ladies championship yesterday so it's kind of disappointing that after getting two really good semi-finals and they were good quality semi-finals both of them that they're now going to be forced into secondary position in that semi-final day to Croker. Um, it just it sits oddly, but I don't think that should detract from the fact that we got two really good games of football and kind of hammered home. Like like we were talking about at the start there, Mix talking about it being strange that in the, the summer is disjointed or um, and move forward a little bit further than it's done but I think that has done wonders for the Talchin Cup I think if you're still on the same calendar if you're still looking at the championship ending in September and similarly the Talchin Cup ending in October or sorry in, in August and September you would have seen that exodus of players heading off for the summer now they probably get to hang on for a few weeks longer than in, in terms of being championship available than they would have done previously and I think it's done wonder, wonders obviously for for Westmead yesterday um, for Offaly it certainly did I think getting to the semi-final uh, I know it has done for Sligo as well so like it's I think it's a, it, it's done well I think in its first year just a pity as I say that it's been lumped into an All-Ireland semi-final for its final I think it not being dead in the water in its first year was almost the crucial part yeah yeah, it's been accepted now as a tournament that players want to win mm. and teams are get, are willing to get behind and see it as what it is supposed to be, which is a reasonable uh, competition for these teams with the types of resources they have to yeah. go and win a national championship. And that, for that, it's been brilliant. I agree with Richie about the... Uh, look, I mean, I think promotion is one part of... Uh, what is this tournament that gets I think an awful lot of the conversation around it and it's not the only thing I think it's supposed to be this tournament that you you get behind if your county is involved and brilliant and there's a competition there to win I would agree though that putting it as the first half of any double header and I'm not going on about my double headers again tonight I've been banging on about it for weeks but <laughs> you're a fan of them right oh god they drive me mad but actually double header it doesn't the Talented Cup doesn't have to be the biggest thing in the world it doesn't have to be this thing where we talk about it for five days in the build up to the final and it doesn't have you know it's big in Westmead and it's going to be big in Cavan yeah. and that's all it needs to be but I do actually think it takes away from it that it's going to be the trophy is going to be lifted in front of a load of say for example if the results go next week this way Derry and Galway f- fans who are getting ready for their biggest game of their, their and a few sprinkling of Cavan and Westmead fans and there is no crescendo to it so even if what I say is that it's only it only matters to the counties involved, they're not only matters to it, but it's only big and yeah. major for the counties involved. Then that is taken away from it as having it as the as the opening game of I'm something. Curious like to that, see about know? the trophy lift. Will there be other teams warming up going here? Get on with but it. This is like the mi- that's the way the miners have lifted trophies yeah. for years. But uh, it can be it can be a little bit quick. I remember being at an All Ireland final where Kilkenny won uh, a minor hurling title, and it was the it was the day of the Tip Kilkenny 2010, the, the when Tip stopped the five in a row and the Kilkenny captain had the temerity to try and uh, make a speech as the GA president or whoever it was the probably a, a, a lesser than president he was saving himself for later made a speech that lasted about 15 minutes and gave the cup to Kilkenny guy who took the microphone off and black eyed peas just hit at the loudest 
best spells I've ever heard in Crow Park just to make sure that this kid wasn't going to have his moment. You're done. Um, yeah, because yeah, yeah. we have we have a senior game to think about. So, it's, so the second leg of a double header is always going to take precedence, and it does. It definitely takes away. Yeah, from yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, what are you doing? We're doing our lap of honor. What are you doing? We're warming up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, even all in semi final to play here. I'm not. I'm not saying this is a like a definite or otherwise, but I'd be curious to know from uh, Cavan and Westmead fans: Are they put off? going to Crow Park for this thing knowing that you know the tickets are essentially going to be limited because the main course is an All-Ireland semi-final uh, and that should be the case to a degree but does it put you off the occasion knowing that it's not centre stage I got I almost be half of the idea <clears throat> that they pardon me that they have the semis in Crow Park as they did yesterday and maybe play the final on its own day somewhere like Porky Quaver and Sample mm. like I don't know if that would work or if that's to the liking of everybody. I think obviously in GA terms, you're never going to please everybody. Mm. I'd uh, go but the in opposite. terms of giving it its own identity and giving it its own day, it probably could work a little bit better than what they're suggesting this year. Funny enough, I was doing um, GA late night on Twitter spaces last night with Dottie Regan, uh, Sarah Donovan and Michael Quinlivan, and we were talking about the awfully... Um, the awfully minors getting to their first All-Ireland final since 1989 in the hurling. And there was a caller in about it and Dahi and Michael Dignan have been talking about it on TV adamant that it's a massive loss that the minor final isn't going to be on before the All-Ireland final and that they miss out on that day and that occasion and playing in front of the big crowd and the tradition of that instead it's going to be on its own I think in Limerick I'm not sure if it's officially um, set yet so there is a very different uh, there, there are two different outlooks as to whether you know being there on the big occasion is in itself a prize and is in itself a spotlight. Clock is going to get away from us. News round is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Well, let's start the news round. Richie, you're starting with rugby. Yeah, Leinster scrum half Nick McCarthy has praised the role of his coaches in helping him come out as gay. The 27-year-old said he contemplated quitting rugby rather than be open about his sexuality. McCarthy thanked Leo Cullen and Stuart Lancaster today for their support, which he feels made him more comfortable in coming out to the rest of the squad in January. And he hopes fellow players in a similar position can follow his lead. Cullen spoke about McCarthy's decision to come out to Leinster TV today. Nick has told us a while ago, so... um the main thing when I talked to Nick first was, you know, it's great that he's able to talk openly to us for starters. Um, Nick is a brilliant individual um, and we're supportive of him, you know, so um, that's the most important bit for me. You know, we want to make sure our guys are able to, I guess, maximise all their ability um, and bring all of themselves to the to, to Leinster Rugby while we're, well, obviously while we're here. Um, and to be able to do that, you've got to be very comfortable in who you are, I think, in this environment. And um, it's great that Nick has, has shared his news with everybody. Um, and yeah, we only wish great things for him, but that's like similar to all the guys we have here. So um, yeah, it's it's a brave step for Nick. And um, But as I said, like he's, he's a brilliant character and um, we only wish good things for him uh, into the future. Yeah, so I mean, this time last year, Jack Dunn, the Leinster second row, uh, talked about his bisexuality in 23 years of age. And uh, again, you know, that was uh, to be applauded. And this is all very noteworthy. But at the same time, you hope increasingly a story like this is, is treated with dwindling importance because ultimately it's not very important while still being significant, I understand. Yeah, and more and more common yeah. with any look because, I mean, the... You know, we know that it is. <laughs> it just by statistically, I mean, this is. You know, there are many, many more, and 
the more open that people are about that and the more that's accepted the better society is and the better sport is and everything else so fair play to Nick McCarthy it's still in a situation where it is I think a big deal to actually come out and make this statement in the world of sport but as you said uh, less so every single time Mm. thankfully yeah so uh, golf then we mentioned the US Open Richie it was I suppose unfortunate in some respects the Owen Maguire was in a really uh, dramatic playoff and came out second best in the end yeah, she was indeed. A lot of people double screening last night. Leona Maguire, though, has cracked the top 20 of the Women's World Golf rankings. The Cavan golfer was beaten at the second playoff hole by Jennifer Cupcho at the Meyer Classic in Michigan last night. Maguire's near flawless second round of 65, saw her finish on 18 under, along with Cupcho and the world number two, Nelly Corda. Despite that, Maguire is up eight places to 17th in the world. Mm. USPGA is on this week, so it's a major weekend. So she's timing her form very nicely. It's that congressional where Rory won back in 2011. And so speaking of US Open 2022 version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Matt Fitzpatrick's final round of 68 saw him win a first career major at the US Open last night. The English golfer beat the American duo Scotty Scheffler and Will Zalatoris by a single stroke at Brookline. Roy McIlroy's eight-year gap between majors grew a little more last night. He had to contend himself with a share of fifth after a final round of 69. Seamus Power ended up with a tie of 12th. He was one over. And after a strong start to the week, McIlroy says he's handling the highs and lows of major golf better than before. The way US Opens go, there is a lot of highs and a lot of lows and... I did. I felt like I did a, a good job of that this week. I feel like I've done a good job of that at this tournament for the last few years. I mean, I think this is like my fourth top ten in a row, coming off the back of three missed cuts in a row at this event. So it's definitely been better. Uh, it's still not quite close enough. You know, there was a few holes there this, today where I made the birdie and then, you know, did the reverse bounce back with the bogey at the next. And, you know, that's, you know, it's, you know to win golf tournaments, you just can't do that. So, um so yeah, it's uh, but it's there. It's close. Um, I just have to stay patient. As I said, I've got one more, one more opportunity this year to um, try to get a, a major, and you know I'm looking forward to that. I feel like Will Zalatoris was missing a putt there in the back. Yeah, one stage. <laughs> Graham says, Joe, you said put the mortgage on Larry. <laughs> I hope you didn't say that. <laughs> I have never advocated putting the mortgage on anyone, Graham. I've never used that phrase in my life. Put 50 cent each way on someone would be about as uh, rich as my bets get. So I absolutely did not say put the mortgage on anyone. And secondly, it was Peter Laurie's tip. Mine was Zalatoris, actually, but Peter Laurie's tip was Larry. A lot of people were on Fitzpatrick. You know, yeah. before Sky went nuts with the 2013 amateur championship of it all, a lot of people were kind of talking about that more quietly yeah. and put a few quid on him. Um, Rory's first time ever finishing in the top five of the first three majors of the year. His consistency has been pretty good. You just want him to just mm-hmm. kick on that one little bit more. I know. It's an interesting thing, Galt. You're better off getting really, really hot and then really, really cold and fluctuating as mm. opposed to being Mr. Consistent. My tip was Zalatoris. And, yeah. uh, you mentioned that twice now, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> just want to make sure you get the credit for it. <laughs> I don't get any credit for it. He lost. Well, Second I mean, last. Everyone backs each way in golf. Not 50 cent each way. You're not making all that. You know, it's not really. <laughs> uh, no, if I, geez, the phrase put your mortgage has and never will be used. Don't worry about that. Richie, where are we going next? Uh, the Irish exodus to Syria continues. Cork City have confirmed that Cahill Heffernan has signed a permanent deal with AC Milan. You might remember that the 17-year-old defender initially joined the Syria Giants on loan in January. Heffernan made 13 appearances for Milan's under-18 side and then one for their under-19s. They've seen enough to make his deal permanent, though. Uh, we mentioned Talchin Cup. 
yeah, Cavan are going to play Westmead in that inaugural Talchin Cup final. Cavan beats Sligo 20 points in 114 at Crow Park yesterday, while Westmead got the better of a Midlands derby with Offaly, beating their neighbours 322 to 216. The Lake County manager, Jack Cooney, says the new competition is hugely important to the county. Well, it's, it's a huge development opportunity for us. You know, over the last couple of years uh, playing uh, championship, when we were beaten like we were knocked out and that was the end of the season, where now we're now working towards the last game of the season. It's a position we haven't been in before. Uh, it's going to be new to us, but we have, we're going to enjoy the next three weeks. And it's another opportunity to develop the group even more, you know. So... Um, looking forward to it yeah chance of silver in Crow Park it uh, wouldn't be a bad way to finish the year it'd be great and we look at, we were just saying that earlier as well during the week that with young Westmead supporters coming up here for them to go back down the road with a positive experience is going to help them plus you know, in three weeks time if, we, if we're lucky and we can manage those manage to climb the steps of the Hogan there uh, that's going to be an extra special memory for them so, and it's something that they won't forget and if we can if we can do that then brilliant Rich just a few bits of football news before we wrap up yeah, Ryan Giggs is to officially resign as the Wales manager. Rob Page, of course, in temporary charge since November of 2020, when Giggs was charged with causing actual bodily harm and using coercive behaviour towards his ex-girlfriend and also assaulting her sister. Giggs maintains his innocence, but his case is unlikely to be heard before August. In his absence, Page has guided Wales to a first World Cup finals since 1958. Discussions, meanwhile, ongoing between Chelsea and Inter regarding a loan move for Romelu Lukaku. The Belgian striker only joined Chelsea from Inter last year for 150 a million euro but after an underwhelming season at Stamford Bridge Chelsea are happy to let Lukaku leave but they want a loan fee of 10 million and for all his wages to be covered meanwhile Chelsea chairman Bruce Buck has left the club today after 19 years with new co-owner Todd Bowley to succeed him Marina Gravanskaya is set to follow Buck out the door and West Ham have paid Ren 35 million euro for defender Nayef Agar the Moroccan international has signed a five-year deal with the Premier League club and the Premier League newcomers Nottingham Forest have made Union Berlin striker Taiwo Awanyini their first Strike first signing, pardon me, of the season. The former Liverpool player cost or scored 15 Bundesliga goals for Union last season. And when he scored, will cost for us 20 million euro, with Liverpool receiving 10% of that. Okay, fellas, we are pretty much done. Mick, chat to you later on. Thank you. Thanks, Reggie McCormick. Thanks, nice one.